0: ComC is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 30 million cards, from baseball superstars like Aaron Judge to Marvel favorites like Spider-Man. ComC has something for every type of collector. Visit ComC.com today to build your collection with your favorite cards. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. On Saturday mornings, I get together with a group of guys, and we talk about life. We talk about our jobs. We talk about leadership. We talk about family. We talk about faith. We talk about what's going well, and we talk about what could be going better. Well, this last Saturday, we spent some time talking about gratitude and what we were thankful for. You know, we're coming up on the Thanksgiving season, and we wanted to spend a few minutes talking about what we were thankful for in our lives And, you know, we talked about family, we talked about health, we talked about our jobs and those types of things. But one of the things that I reflected on that I am thankful for was that I found my way back to the hobby back in 2016 because through the hobby, I found something that I am quite passionate about. I'm not always passionate about my day job to the same level I was when I was in my 20s and early 30s, but I am passionate about our hobby. And I'm thankful for having something like that to be passionate about, to be inspired to have a side hustle about. And that, that is, is fun for me. But the other thing that I'm excited about and I'm thankful for, for being a part of the hobby again, is the relationships and friendships that I've made, whether that's locally of the folks that I collect with here in town and come into the shop, or whether that is across the country and even across the world in some situations and one of those relationships that I'm really thankful for is the friendship that I've got with Watch the Breaks, Ivan Lovegren. We've had a chance to meet several times in person. We've had a chance to talk a lot online um, through Facebook messages and text messages and those types of things. And I am happy to welcome Ivan back to the show today to catch up. A lot's been going on with Ivan over the last year, and I wanted to bring him back on so that we could catch up a little bit. So that's going to be our main topic today, but I want to encourage you guys out there to take a a few minutes in this Thanksgiving holiday season and think about what you are thankful for. Another thing that I'm thankful for as part of doing this show is the sponsors who, who have worked with me over the last few years, and one of those is Underdog Collectibles, the online shop run by collectors for collectors that breaks new product almost seven days a week across Facebook, YouTube, and Loop the app. You can check them out at udogcollect.com to see what they're going to be breaking this week, or you can check them out in their brick and mortar shop in Knoxville, Tennessee, to see their full selection of wax, singles, and supplies. You can even watch some of those breaks live in the shop. They're also an approved group submitter for SGC, so if if grading is in your future, you should check out udogcollect.com to learn more about their group submission process. And when you do, make sure you tell them the Wax Pack Hero sent you Well, today I am joined by Ivan Lovgren, Mr. Watch the Breaks himself. It's been a little while since we last had a chance to talk on the show. So I wanted to bring Ivan back on to catch up a little bit, hear what's been going on with him and his life and his collection. So Ivan, welcome back to the show.
1: Mike, it's so wonderful to be here. Thanks for inviting me, man. Uh, You know, more than anything, the listeners can't see this, but it's great to just see your face been probably a year since we saw each other in person. So
0: yeah excited th- to be here. I think the last time we we chatted in person or had a chance to sit face to face in person was at the 2021 industry summit in Las Vegas. Um, because I don't think either one of us were able to make the national this year. And so yeah, I think it's it's been just a little over a year since we got a chance to hang out.
1: Yeah, that's right. That was in uh, Vegas uh, September, October,
0: yep,
1: last year. So, uh, yeah, sadly, I missed it this year. Did you go this year?
0: I did not. I didn't get a chance to go to the to the national or the the summit this year. I just had a lot of other stuff going on, and 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 wasn't able to get out there.
1: A lot of other stuff going on.
0: Yeah, I know, right? You've had. I mean-
1: <laughs> you're, you're in the middle of uh uh illinois right like come on what else did you have going on
0: you've had a lot of things going on too over over this last time since we've talked and i thought you know that could be part of what we catch up on what's changed for you over this last year
1: yeah sorry i, I definitely try not to compare um too much and if i make any midwest jokes uh it's because i am now also the butt of them uh i my family we had a third kid um and I transitioned, uh, you know, out of what I was doing for work, and also transitioned out of Los Angeles. So yeah, the national just wasn't possible this year because we were still—it was like seven weeks after the kid was born—and just couldn't get the help in LA to support me leaving. Um, and then the summit I really wanted to go to, uh, but thank goodness I didn't because my wife got a job in the Midwest and we had a plan and then they told her that she needed to be out about 10 days earlier for that plan to work than the original date. And so, yeah, so the last uh, six weeks of my life have been insane, but we're here now. We're settled in, in Nebraska. So yeah, we're neighbors now, Mike.
0: Yeah. We're not, not too bad. I mean, I think probably about eight hours apart or something like that. That's a lot different than central Illinois to LA. So, you know, who knows at some point we might be able to connect um, I'll get over there maybe for an Illinois versus Nebraska game and, and that'd be close. Right. So, but yeah, so a new kid, new job and a new housing situation, a new state to be living in a lot going on for you. You talked about now, um, you're working full-time in the hobby now. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So, um, I got really lucky living in LA, uh, wouldn't have this opportunity today, Um, early in the year, a team of guys that worked, uh, or had worked at Snapchat for many, many years together, they had come up with a, uh, e-commerce platform that they had an idea and they built. And one of them followed me on Twitter and said, Hey, can, you know, you want to get coffee? I said, sure. And he sat down and he was like, Hey, so we kind of built this thing that we think is different than anything else that's out there. I'd love to get your take on it as somebody who buys and sells a lot as well as builds community. And I saw what they had built. And I immediately said, wow, this is like, I'm happy to test it, but I want to be part of it. How do I get to be part of this? Cause I really, really believe in the vision. The execution has been insane also like I love it. Um, There's some of the best engineers and designers out there. That's why they were where they were before this. Um, But really the vision is that what if we had a marketplace that was about supporting community instead of just transacting? How do we make a marketplace that you as the buyer don't need to, or as the community member really, don't need to download a different app? And once you're in that app, you're not being spread around to all the other communities that are out there. You know, if if I have an audience, if I have a community, if I have friends and I bring them in to this trusted community, they're not getting solicited by other communities once I'm no longer alive or once I'm, you know, I'm asleep and they're getting a notification. Guess who else is selling right now? You know, it's like, no, this is the community I've built over, you know, a decade in the hobby. How do I support that community better? How do I get more buyers and sellers inside that community working together, but without outside forces of, hey, guess what? Ivan's not live right now. So go buy from Mike's store because he's live because we just don't think that's a sustainable model at the end of the day also.
0: So what is this platform called?
1: I know I teased the whole vision and I didn't even drop the drop the name. Uh, so it's called ISO. Uh, You know, obviously in the hobby, we use that for in search of, and uh, the website is iso.gg, which I guess is some newfangled, uh, all the discords and things like that are using the GG handle now. And what's really cool is we see ourselves as more of an engine to support a community. So it's not as much about like, hey, go download ISO. It's if you have a community, if you're a community builder, get on ISO and create a marketplace for yourself and your community, and then curate that marketplace however you want. So I'm actually still awaiting this. If any of your listeners are entrepreneurial, um, we just had an internal call the other day and uh, one of the founders said, yeah, I'm still waiting for somebody to spin up like the St. Louis Cardinals Marketplace. And just get all the St. Louis Cardinals collectors posting what they're selling, and then also you know looking at what they're buying on that marketplace. Um, but when it comes to features, pretty much any feature that's out there on a different platform is here. You know the features are not the hard part to build for our engineers. So we have live auctions. If you go up and stream live in the site, you get it's live on browser. So again. Nobody needs to download anything. Anybody can watch it. But there's also immediate sync to your YouTube, to your Twitch, to your Facebook group. So the idea is we're not here to say like, everybody needs to get on ISO. It's where's your community? Well, we can bring live video selling to your community. We don't need your community to move places. But then also uh, something that a lot of the live selling apps don't have, we have uh, async auctions which means, hey, what if you want to run a three-day auction? You know, what if you're a breaker and you want to auction teams, but you don't like eBay's 13% fees, you want to run an auction and you want it to be among your favorite buyers already, your community, you can run an auction to fill your breaks here and then go live and broadcast it to wherever you're already at. So it's supposed to be a seamless experience in that regard. And again, so far, our our biggest users are absolutely loving it. And the growth has been fantastic. Um, But again, I'll come back to that too. It's like, we're constantly focused on, okay, for our biggest users, not how do we, you know, shoot them to everybody else? How do we make the community they're building stronger
0: together? Is there also the ability to have fixed price items as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I glossed over that, but there's, um, so I mentioned like creating a marketplace, Uh, Midwest Box Breaks has this right now where he has a Discord server and members of that Discord can become sellers in his marketplace and they've populated it so that, you know, obviously the one drawback to a smaller marketplace is they may not have everything. If I'm a Orioles fan or, or a Bengals fan, like, do they have something for me? So he's actively curating so that his marketplace is full of things for all teams for all sports from among the people that are also his trusted buyers, you know, so it's a support system for the people that are buying into its breaks. It's a great tool for his discord. And then one of the most fun features, it's really shiny keys, but I love it as a, you know, small time seller is, there's a claim system called magic comments where both Twitter and discord have this, where you can post something with a code. And if somebody sees it and replies with that code, they get an automatic hold on that item.
0: Wow. I've not heard of that before.
1: Yeah. So if you ever run a, a stack sale on Twitter, it's a way to make sure that you don't have to go through and separately invoice everybody run your totals at the end of the night and, um, you know, worry about non-payments, or even just race and like, wait, who claimed first? I'm in the middle of doing the next post. I got to check who claimed the last one. You know, it's it's super easy. And Discord, while it's there's not as much of like the crazy stack selling on Discord, Discord for higher ticket items has been absolutely awesome using that tool. So that's one of the cooler, cooler small things, but really useful for a seller.
0: You had talked about building a community, you had talked about it, it being about the the marketplace of the, the the seller themselves. Have you had people or is it maybe I should say it this way? Is it part of the vision that it could expand beyond just cards to other memorabilia or even other mar- other items that somebody would would sell? you know, is, is it become a I'm a Garfield collector? And I've got all kinds of Garfield memorabilia that I want to sell. Can I have a okay. Garfield marketplace?
1: I'm going to cut you off there first off. Are you really a Garfield collector?
0: No, not, not personally. Ugh. But, but I, would have been so I, awesome. I recently bought out at somebody's attic here in town. And there were multiple shelves in this attic that were full of Garfield memorabilia and collectibles. And so to some extent, if you check my eBay... I've got a lot of Garfield items listed or, or will continue to have more Garfield items listed over the next several weeks, because there's a, a couple tubs worth of Garfield. It stuff. Here fo-
1: first folks, the Garfield pump and dump from wax back <laughs> hero. Um, no, I think that's awesome. And so on a personal level, cause sorry, I really, I can't remove myself from things. I, it's just, it's who I am. You yeah. follow me on Twitter. Of course. You know. Um, one of the coolest personal growth things in this process has been working with a team like this. Um, you know, ask our sellers, ask Buck City Breaks, ask Midwest Box Breaks, ask Union Breakers. They ask for a feature, they get it. That's how good the team is. For me, what I've been learning is you hit on the exact vision. The vision is this is much bigger than cardboard. You know, this easily should be an engine for any type of community. You know, if you're at the Pokemon marketplace with 60,000 Facebook users, this is a way for that marketplace to streamline and serve better their members because Facebook wasn't built for buy, sell, trade. You know, we, we we manipulate these social networks into being able to do that, but there's no underlying engine that truly supports it. That's our goal is to be that underlying engine that supports all of the social commerce that's out there. Um, now the part that's cool for me is, you know, there's some things that I'm like, oh, this would be so great. Breakers would love this. And they say, yeah, but would anyone else like, will that apply down the line across categories? And sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes it's big enough that it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's small enough that I have to learn to give a little. And um, so that's been a really fun personal development thing for me is, you know, how to work with this vision combined with my vision and what i've always heard inside the hobby and again the responsiveness uh in the hobby like seeing our our marketplace owners also go through that process and like oh yeah i know that makes total sense um you know it, it's really fun like
0: you know Any it's not other... all easy
1: but that's what makes it fun
0: any other success stories that you can share from buyers or sellers so far as as these um, initial uh, users are, are getting set up and, and starting to roll out what they're going to um, be offering? Any, anything that you could share from a success perspective?
1: Well, so I would say, you know, this is, this is part of my pitch. Um, if you are in a niche market, if you're in a good Garfield group, for example, this is perfectly designed for you um and this is it's definitely not to brag and it's it's also not public or not private information because all of our sales are shown on the site like which is really cool like transparency is huge to us um so i did a women's soccer card break that break ended at over 100 so really 200 profit on what the case retails for using the auction side. Um, and we also have a, a create tool that makes it really easy to do like a pick your player auction or pick your player break instead of just a pick your team break, which again, talking about community, um, this is going to get really intrinsic for your listeners, but I really like women's soccer. I've gotten really into it the last couple of years. I'm a season ticket holder for the LA, uh, angel city football club. Um, Angel City is a prime example. In a typical case break, Angel City goes for $130 to $150 because of Kristen Press, their superstar, who has a lot of inserts in the product, a lot of top inserts, their goalie, Didi Horacic, has an autograph in the product. But if you're a fan of her, you have to pay for Kristen Press, essentially. You have to pay $130, $150 for a break. Breaking it apart into a pick your player break meant that five or six DD fans could be chasing that spot, you know, four or five fans of the, you know, the cheapest rookie in the class could be chasing that spot. Um, Don't tell Kristen I said this, but Savannah McCaskill was one of our like all-stars really this year. Um, You know, nobody's going to pay 130 bucks though for a spot to get her, but somebody could get that spot for 18 bucks. So this is not just to say like, that's how the money got higher, the success level got higher for me as a seller. The other cool thing was I had 50 or 60 unique people in that break. In an NWSL team break, you have 12 people. So instead of just serving 12 people, it was one of the most fun things to break because my chat was filled with different fans rooting for each other, talking to each other, you know, people buying more stuff from my live store while I was in the middle of breaking. Um, And again, the ability to have more people in a break because I was doing the pick your player, which just isn't possible. And I had people that were, you know, diehard fans of small people saying, hey, this was so cool that I was able to get them in this break because I normally can't. So that hits on like all the points of why I get so excited and passionate about this is we need to make money to keep the hobby going. You know, if nobody makes money, the printing presses stop. I know we may want them to slow, but they stop, you know, like, and cards disappear. We don't want that. At the same time, we want how we make money to support community, to grow community, and to get more people excited about collecting and to encourage good sellers. It's one of the other points I hate, and then we'll we'll move on from this. Um, I talk to really good sellers all the time, and they're worried about, a fee on a new platform or having to raise their prices for their customers. Cause they're like, yeah, but my, I have the best prices. You know, I, I always got to give my customers a great price. I agree. But at the end of the day, if you're creating community, can those buyers afford three extra dollars to be part of what you're doing versus the stuff that we see them, the breakers, we see them complaining about the, the, the platforms, we see them complaining about Um, which actually the fee discussion is different there because we're lower than most of them. But like individual business owners saying, well, I have to always have the lowest price. It's like, well, you don't necessarily have to be Walmart for your 30 loyal customers. Like, do they like being in your break? Do they trust you? Do you ship on time? Do you ship safe? Do you make them feel warm? Do you send them birthday bonuses? Like, do you send them extra PC cards? Like, there's so much more than just like, oh, I'm $2 below comps on this. And I think the hobby can support that in a really good way to keep the good people successful, so that the good people are encouraged to do more in the hobby. That's,
0: that is that is that is a great point that a lot of people, I think, overlook. Um, cost is important, but there is value to a good community there's value to trustworthiness there's value to the enjoyment that somebody can have as being a part of what you're doing what you're building what you're selling the conversations that happen like you had mentioned throughout you know a broadcast or a sale all of those are are worth something as well so yeah it's something for sellers to be thinking about if somebody wants to learn more about either finding a a marketplace to connect with on ISO or becoming a a seller themselves on ISO, where can they go to learn more?
1: That's a great question. So we do have one page that's for discovering marketplaces. It's ISO.GG backslash discover. So ISO.GG backslash discover, and you'll see the range of marketplaces available there. Or again, if you see a gap uh, to that Garfield collector who's listening you can spin up your own marketplace as well.
0: Very cool. Let's talk a little bit about the hobby in general. You know, we've had a lot of ups and downs over these last couple of years. We've had record growth. We've seen pullback now. We've seen all kinds of different things going on within this hobby that we love. How has your approach to collecting or reselling shifted over this last year or two?
1: Um. My personal approach has stayed very much the same. Um, Now I'm coming from a place of, I can afford to lose a lot of the money I spend in the hobby. So I want to start with that because that's very important. You know, I did personal finance before this, um, you know, as a financial planner and very important that you don't overextend because then if you overextend, then you're at the market's whims and you can lose instead of afford to hold or afford to lose. Um, so my habits have not changed very much, uh, except, well, it's not a hundred percent true. About a year ago, I stopped buying almost exclusively, um, wax in football and basketball, because I felt like they were just overpriced in general. I didn't see any room for it to go up, um, and I think we're especially seeing the pullback in that regard, um, you know, from manufacturers raising their prices way too high in an effort to not miss out and taking the meat off the bone for not only the average collector, but now even for the breaker in a lot of cases, of what I'm seeing. Um, so I have avoided that. Whereas before my philosophy was buy everything. You know, so it's it's funny if people like look and are like, oh, he's he's posting about this, he must, you know. Must have a lot of it. It's like, well, what can I post about that I don't have?
0: <laughs> right.
1: It's literally if Tops dropped a product, I was buying three boxes of it or four boxes of it. Um, so I'm still doing that with a lot of the Tops products. Um, I've only slowed down because of the move. So I can't have as much product at all. Um, oh, there's one product I really want a case of, but I don't know if I'm going to be fully operational again by the time I need it to
0: fingers crossed. So that, Yeah. Make fingers sure. crossed.
1: Um, but I mean, I went to the card show this week and uh, again, listeners won't be able to see, but, uh, you know, like I've got stacks, I found a uh, one seller that had a bunch of numbered cards for between a dollar and $3. And I'm like, these are great for column C. see, yep. uh, you know, I, I literally, these Josh Giddy prism rookies that I'm showing right here, you know, base prism rookies, those are dead, right? Well, I sold one for COM C or one on COM C for $7 that same day that I bought these two for $5 total. Yep. You know, that's an easy, you know, put them into my box, send them to COM C again. You know, hope they don't lose that much. in three months it may take to process, depending on what level I put at. I got to check the dates. Do you know when Prism's cutoff date is for fresh
0: pulls? I do not know. No, I'm not sure. I've, that's your. That's one. That of should the be shifts. your official
1: title. You should be the fresh Pulls update guy.
0: That's one of the things that has um has shifted for me, as as well over these last couple of years. I went from in 2017 and 18 buying multiple cases of several you know tops releases and and other releases throughout the year to buying zero wax outside of the stuff that I could get through the Montgomery Club in the last two years. And for those same reasons, it just seemed like the price of that sealed wax had escalated past the point that I was comfortable in sinking case worth type of money in. And I've pivoted and, and began to focus more on, on the buying collections and that type of thing from the way that I wanted to buy inventory and to build my collection. And that kind of leads to one of the other questions that I had is you know, through all these ups and downs that we've seen in wax and retail and not retail and the rise of popularity of grading, the rise of the cost of grading, and now the the pullback that we've seen in in that grading, success and failures we've seen in some of the other platforms and businesses that have sprouted up in the, in the last couple of years. I feel like for some people, that's really helped them think more critically about the hobby and why they like being in the hobby, what they like about collecting cards or not collecting cards. And it's really helped some people, myself included, you know, say, is it, is it really the cards I love or is cards a part of it? But I like the, the problem solving aspect of figuring out how to, to make money on a collection and, and identify value that other people aren't seeing. Um, you know, is it the self-sustaining aspect for some people, myself included, Um, Or is it, you know what, I thought I liked wax, but it was only because that was cheap. And really it's about the ultimate cards that I get out of wax. And so I'm just going to focus in on, on getting specific cards. I think this, this last couple of years has really helped some people focus in on what they love about the hobby. And I was just curious if any of all of this stuff that's gone on has impacted or helped you focus in on what you enjoy most about the hobby.
1: Um. I mean, it definitely has. It was, as you see from my career change, um, when I met with the ISO guys and was thinking about it, I was trying to identify what do I love in general? And what I really love is building community. And that's what, so in the middle of you know, pursuing entertainment and then seven years in finance, I was on the side building this community in the hobby, you know, and like that was exciting to me. That was more exciting to me even than any of that other work. So it definitely helped me do that as far as the overall hobby goes and thinking back to my childhood and how, you know, it was like the hobby was always more fun. If other friends were with me at the shop, you know, like if I, I wouldn't bike to the shop on my own and browse quietly. So that's for me. I get that there are a lot of people who do, um, as far as collecting, yeah, I've definitely. Um, so I talk about buying a little bit less wax in certain sports. I've definitely stopped buying aggressive singles to flip in other sports. Like I'm, I'm, I don't enjoy that game. Uh, I like the fun of getting the two dollar, three dollar cards and putting them on Com C um you know that's fun for me especially because it's so easy um it just goes to show even you know even with this platform i love like there's other great tools out there there's you know you can't beat comp c you know depending on the value of your your time and what your collection looks like because yep. they rescued me in the middle of that move trust me the 4 000 cards i sent them um the uh So for me, it's like, that's really what I'm focused on. And then keeping an eye out for those exact specific Cubs cards that I want, um, those exact specific uh, Rams cards that I want, and those exact specific soccer cards I want. Um, You know, even looking at Kristen Press, my favorite women's soccer player, it's like, you know, what are my three cards I really like of her? And surprisingly, from this year's Parkside set, one of the cheaper inserts from a value standpoint in the hobby is the one I think is my favorite. So, you know, it's like, well, I'm, I'm going to keep that. And I'm actually, I know there's high demand for this other one right now. I'm going to sell that other one for 80 bucks and keep the $2 one in my PC for life and hopefully get a graded 10 version of that $2 one sometime down the line, except it's a horizontal card. I mean Mike you're the wrong guy to ask anyways cuz you don't love graded cards but I'm like who do I how do you grade a horizontal card properly like what's the best who where that is the million dollar idea
0: yeah that's a that's a good question it's funny you mentioned that because um one of the the cards that I got that's going to be one of my foundational wrestling cards in my collection is a Fleer Stone Cold Steve Austin autograph and Ooh. it's a horizontal card and I have graded a few cards over the last couple of years for my own collection, but that's one that I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to send that one in because I don't want a horizontal graded card. So I'm going to just keep that one raw. I passed eBay authentication. And so I'm going to go ahead and just just leave it, leave it raw.
1: Wait a minute. I have never seen this card before because I'm nowhere near the wrestling guy you are. The 2001 Fleer? Yep. Why... I don't know which year, but this is literally this was yeah, recent baseball stadium club totally ripped off this design,
0: (laughs) but yeah, that's that's the one. So,
1: do you know what I'm talking about with stadium club
0: baseball? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, 2016, maybe stadium club
1: 2020, one of them had the like the names.
0: Like that. I think it's 2016, maybe.
1: I was at so funny thing. I was at the card show. Um, this is going to turn into it's not the ISO Fest, it's really the Com C <laughs> Fest. I was at a, a card show this past weekend and I found, um, yes, you're right, 2016 um, in a lot of ways and more recent years. Um, and I found like everybody's using eBay for comps. And I actually like Com C for comps better because it's easier to find like a relative. Card to the one you're looking for the like the right. year so like it's sorted better by year. So if you're looking for like a third or fourth year numbered parallel of LeBron or something, uh, it's a little bit easier for me to at least see what else is out there than eBay searching and trying to find you know sold listings you believe in and all that. But
0: sorry, okay. side
1: side note there.
0: No, yeah, Nothing's that's hobby. That's uh I, I, yeah, it was a little tangent. We went on horizontal cards and, and potentially grading them, but Hey, I was just curious, any questions for me since it's been a while since we last talked.
1: Yeah. What are you seeing? Cause you've always um, swam in a little bit of a different pool in that regard, collection buying, and you've got the, the part-time uh, LCS that you set up at, and then all the COM C stuff. Yeah. Give me your top level view of that collector behavior changes up or down um you know and what you're excited about
0: yeah so i've always swam on the the lower to middle end of the hobby right i i was not one who was chasing high-end cards um and just by nature of the part-time lcs arrangement that we have i i can't sell um new wax any wax that's within Mm -hmm. the last five years as part of my agreement with the shop that i'm kind of have the dedicated space inside of. And so I, I kind of avoided the whole high end ups and downs that we've seen and, and some of this wax craziness that we've seen, but I've had, you know, in the shop, hundreds of thousands of quarter to dollar type cards. That's kind of the main inventory that I've had. And so when I'm buying cards for, for pennies and selling them for quarters to dollars, that market has stayed pretty consistent and I haven't really had to worry too much about the rise and fall of, of cards. What So what I've noticed is I've, my foot traffic is probably down a little bit from what it was at the peak, but I've still had pretty consistent sales throughout that whole time. Um, and in fact, maybe even picking up it to some extent. Uh, one of the, the fun things that I've experienced over the last couple months is I had a new customer come in who's a sophomore in high school and he's probably bought 30 to 40,000 of my quarter to dollar cards in the last two months. And awesome. and part of what I do with that is if somebody fills up a, a 800 count box of these quarter cards, I sell them the the whole 800 count box for 40 bucks. And so they end up getting them for a nickel or whatever it is. Um, so you know, It's not costing him a quarter for each of those, but he found another buyer in his neighborhood who he's pulling out what he wants and he's selling all the rest of these stars and hall of famers from the junk wax era and more than making up the money that that he paid me for him. And so he's, he's doing exactly what I preach, even though he had never heard me talk about it on the podcast of having this self-sustaining hobby where he's building this collection. Um, but it started with him clearing out my Dennis Rodman cards, and then it expanded to some other basketball and then it expanded to other football. And he's just kind of cleaned me out of, of these uh, quarter box type cards and, and having a ton of fun with it. But I, but now there's, there's competition. So I've got other people trying to get there before him so that they can get to whatever i put out in the last week before nice. the other guy comes in. And so I've got multiple customers chasing this. And so that's been a lot of, a lot of fun for me to see and re- reinforces that, while the high end of the market gets a lot of headlines and gets a lot of, of publicity, there's this whole base of collectors who just love getting 100 or 200 or 300 different cards of their favorite player. And they don't care if it if they're only worth a nickel or a dime or a quarter. They don't have to be super expensive for them to have enjoyment and find enjoyment in the hobby. And so that, that's been a lot of fun for me as well. From the broader perspective, I think one of the things that... I'm excited about is these recent changes that we've been experiencing maybe the pullback or the normalization that we've seen it's going to help weed out individuals who who thought dealing in cards and being a part of the the selling community within the hobby was just easy money and so what we're starting to see a little bit more of is is it's taking some work for people to continue to be successful buying and selling cards and and trying to make a little money with with cards. And personally, that excites me because I'm somebody who's willing to put in the work and I'm willing to do some research and I'm willing to try some different things. And so I like the fact that it's becoming a little more difficult for for people to um, be able to to make a little money in the hobby.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I was um, talking to a former LCS owner the other day, uh, Swami Lee Sports on Twitter, and he said, you know, people forget, uh, like, that was always my business model was buy a box for 30 bucks and sell it for 40 in the shop. Um, So I would, I would actually, I would encourage both sides of that equation. You know, it's not that there isn't money to be made, there's still a lot of money to be made. It's just about being a bit more selective. Um, some of the hugest dips in the hobby that we've seen, I think people are missing is the fact that they're performance-based. You know, if you paid $4,000 for a guy's, you know, number to 50 chrome auto, and then he gets suspended for, you know, using substances, well, of course his market's going to drop. And if his market is 10% of the overall baseball card market because of how hyped he is, that's going to impact the overall market, but there's still plenty of Aaron judges out there who tripled or quadrupled in value this year. Jordan Alvarez, you know, like what did his cards do this year? So, you know, maybe if, if you do enjoy it, maybe just start looking at things that are a little different, you know, um, and finding opportunities there. But at the same time, um, you know, hopefully if nothing else, the people, people aren't preaching that it's easy money. Right. People are preaching be smart, be selective and find enjoyment. And and what I'm really enjoying is I'm in a number of groups where there are people that put big money in. And now we're seeing them still spending money wiser, happier, hopefully, um, and pursuing things they really like. So there is, it's always been my thing with the sports cards as an investment. I don't see them as an investment. However, the one plus side they have is that they are fun. Yep. They connect us to the game in a way that a stock certificate doesn't. And so hopefully even when they're down in some measure, you still like, I still enjoy F1. And I know a lot of people that do that were priced out seven months ago and are now buying again.
0: Well, hey, Ivan, I appreciate you spending some time today, catching up. It's always good to talk with you. And so thanks again for coming on today. Before we go, make sure that you let people know where to find you. If they're not already one of your 40,000 Twitter followers, where can they go to find you? I say
1: it every time since you're probably listening on a podcast service. If you are not on Twitter Not for Elon, not for AOC, or the hobby. You're missing out. Uh, You know, I met a guy at the show show this last week. Oh, I can't be on Twitter because of my job. That's fine. Create, you know, Bob's cards. They're not going to know if you're Bob Johnson or, you know, Bob Melendez. Like, just get on Twitter. Just follow hobby people. It's the greatest hobby community that exists. Um, And while you're there, make sure you follow Mike Summer wax pack hero. Uh, and if you're feeling gracious, you can follow me at watch the breaks.
0: Well, thanks again, Ivan. I appreciate you spending some time today.
1: Always Mike. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do this in person over coffee sometime
0: soon. Also, that'd
2: be great. Like the athletes we admire the sports card shop is changing the game. We're not launching threes, bombing drives, or hitting dingers, but we have built a unique gathering spot for all collectors to trade cards, talk sports, play games, and watch their favorite athletes on the big screens. Yes, we've partnered with Panini, Upper Deck, Leaf, Tops, Fanatics, Pokemon, and others to bring you all the latest in sealed wax and singles. But the sports card shop in New Buffalo, Michigan is much, much more. Our recent expansion brings collectible sneakers, Hot Wheels, and more sports and entertainment memorabilia into the mix. Our new Collector's Cave Game Room is the perfect place to throw a rip party. Bring friends, rip packs, trade cards, play billiards, ping pong, shuffleboard, classic arcade, and Xbox games, all while watching your favorite sport on TV. Visit us at thesportscardshop.com. Follow us on social at underscore sportscardshop.com or better yet, visit us in person to learn about special events, party packages, new products and everything we're doing for you. The Sports Card Shop, connecting people, sports and the hobby around the world.
0: Well, it is always great to catch up with Ivan and I'm excited for him and the changes that he's had in the last year, in addition to his family, move back to the Midwest and working full-time for ISO. If you enjoyed that conversation, let me know. Reach out to me on Twitter at TheMikeSummer. Send me an email at WaxPackHero at gmail.com. Find me on TikTok or Instagram at WaxPackHero and let me know. Or if you hated that conversation, feel free to reach out and let me know that as well. well. That is all I have for you today, so I'll catch you next time.